On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when they uncovered the truth. She walked in all happy like everything was normal when she saw me sitting at the desk. She knew something was wrong from the look on my face. When she asked me what was wrong, she walked over to my side and saw what I was looking at. She looked sick and started crying. I asked her to tell me what this was. She fell to her knees and started begging for forgiveness. After what seemed like an eternity, she composed herself and tried to explain, but I cut her short and said, was there any more? And she froze. I have known her for 20 years and the look on her face told all I needed to know. I told her to pull everything up she had and show it to me. She started crying again and said it would only hurt me more. I told her it was too late for that and if she didn't do it, I would walk out forever. To hear bonus stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship and have early access to regular episodes ad-free, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as $3 a month. Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or a psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly recommended. People's lives follow many different paths, with twists and turns and choices never planned nor expected. In life, temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness can lead a good person to a mistake that they just can't take back. When they are facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. In this podcast, you will hear stories of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. So yesterday, we went and saw a movie. It was The Bullet Train that has Brad Pitt in it. It was okay. It's not one of my favorite styles of movies. I'm more into chick flicks. But afterwards, we decided to run over to Barnes & Noble and just check things out. Well, before you know it, here I am wandering around the store with infidelity books in my hands. (laughs) And I'm reading one of them going, wow, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And then here's the Marine standing there. It probably looked a little odd, I would imagine. He's standing there and I'm holding books on infidelity talking about it. I really didn't think about that because, well, you know, it's my work. It's what I do. (laughs) But I did pick up a couple of these books that I was just talking about. The State of Affairs, Rethinking Infidelity by Esther Perel, which is one that is well-known. Esther Perel is a well-known, I think she's a therapist 
I'm not exactly sure everything she does. Yeah, she's a psychotherapist and an author. She goes out on tours um, and she just deals with relationships all over the place, different kinds of situations. And then another one, and it's called Not Just Friends, Rebuilding Trust and Recovering Your Sanity After Infidelity. And the author on this was Shirley P. Glass, PhD. And uh, I thought those would be good books for me to really kind of study because with going forward with working with people and coaching them with their infidelity, I want to be able to have as much information as I can and be able to recommend. So I'm excited to read those. And then what's really funny is I went to put those on my nightstand and I already have a book that I'm reading and it's called Heartburn, Nora Ephron. Back in the 80s, there was a movie with uh, Meryl Streep and Jack Nicholson. It also had Stalker Channing in it. You know, she played Rizzo from Greece. Um, anyways, the story is based on Nora Ephron's situation with her life. But of course, this book was um, names changed, basically, <laughs> different situations. And it's a movie where, you know, these people are business, busy people. Um, both of these people, the Jack Nicholson and... and um, uh, blah, Meryl Streep's characters are divorced and they get together, they get married and they have children and then things change and he's always out shopping for socks. Well, the truth is he's having an affair with somebody. Everybody knows that this other woman is married and is having an affair, but they don't know who. It ends up being this this woman's husband, the Jack Nicholson character. The song, I can't exactly think of the title, but I know it's by Carly Simon. Anyways, it's the main theme. And so every time I, of course, hear that song, I think of this movie. And so now I wanted to actually read the book because you get more information. But... What do you know? It's about infidelity. <laughs> it's almost like this is uh, like all I think about in my life. Well, it kind of is to a certain extent. It's not a negative thing. And I've shared with you that sometimes I'll have nightmares about that I'm cheating again or whatever. And I'm so glad when I wake up because it it's a big impact. And I work with all of you and others that are listening or sending me messages and what do I do, etc. So it is all consuming at times, but I just thought it was kind of funny that uh, here I am innocently running around with infidelity books, looking for the Marine, find the Marine, talk to the Marine about it, and uh, it probably looked a little awkward. Today we're going to have a story from Tracy, and when I had contacted her, letting her know that I was going through the um, stage of preparing to print the story, to read it. She realized, ah, oh, it was a little short and brief, but she came back with more information on where things are, etc. So it's kind of um, a two-part, but yet just a one episode, because it's the same story. It's just kind of two different timelines, I guess you could say, because I received this from her probably about six months ago. Um, and then after we're done with her story, there is an article we're going to read about why some people don't feel remorse when they do cheat. Hi, Rebecca. I've been listening to your podcast for about two weeks. I decided to share my story. I doubt it's really going to help anybody since I don't have a resolution and I've only been cheating for seven months or so. I don't feel guilty, so I can't offer any lessons there. But... 
I just thought I'd put everything on the table. I have been very careful about not getting caught, so I do understand that my actions have consequences. I'm not sure if I'm ready to live with the consequences. My main concern would be doing split custody of my child. I'm selfish. I want to see my child every day. I'm happy to answer any other questions if you think it will help the podcast. I realize my story is probably a little brief. I didn't go into a ton of detail about each of my affairs or affair partners. I'm happy to further elaborate on any section that you'd like me to if you feel that would make for a better podcast. The thing that I've gotten most from cheating on my husband is someone wanting me, desiring me, and making me feel like an attractive central woman. That's something that I've been missing from my marriage for at least a decade. The attention has been very nice. The attention has helped my self-esteem, my confidence, my ability to get further ahead at work. I'm also enjoying meeting the man even if it's just for a drink to have great conversations, which then help me have better communication skills at my regular job, which involves a lot of talking, a lot of communication, and a lot of socializing to build business relationships. I am a married cheater. I have always had higher sexual energy. I started self-pleasuring in middle school. In my teens and 20s, I was promiscuous and jumped from guy to guy, boyfriend to boyfriend, fuck buddy to fuck buddy. I had a good career and great friends, but also sought out the rush of sex with a new partner. I was safe, used condoms, got tested regularly, but I knew my behavior was not sustainable. As I approached my late 20s, I decided it was time to settle down. I met a southern boy on Match.com 15 years ago. He was kind, innocent, tall, and he had a nice butt. We waited the standard three dates before we had sex. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible either. We dated, and he told me he loved me after three months of dating. My friends and family liked him. We ended up getting engaged after dating for two years and married after three years of being together. The sex began to wane off. My husband has low to no sex drive, so from three years together to 13 years together, sex was few and far between. We'd have sex like two to four times a year, usually after I begged and pleaded. He'd act like it was a chore. It was not enjoyable for either of us. Eventually, I kicked him out of the master bedroom. I was tired of being rejected nightly and being slut-shamed when I used my toys to get myself off. We have not had sex since 2019. And it's not just the lack of sex that's a problem. My husband ignores me. My husband doesn't touch me. My husband won't even sit with me to watch a movie. He is equally cold to our child. I show extra affection to our child to make up for the lack of affection he gets from my husband. My husband forgets birthdays, 
anniversaries, special occasions, chores I've asked him to do, etc. He is essentially a roommate who gives me full control of his paycheck and watches our child when I'm not at home. In 2020, I planned to sign up for Ashley Madison and looked into cheating. And then COVID happened. I was tired of burning out motors on sex toys and frankly, my vibrator doesn't kiss me back. I missed foreplay, kissing, making out, grinding with clothes on to build up the sexual tension. I missed sex. I missed being wanted and desired. We tried therapy, but my husband wouldn't do the homework. He couldn't be bothered to spend 10 minutes per day with me or filling out paperwork about my likes and dislikes. I ended up canceling our future appointments. Sadly, it was a waste of money. During COVID, I decided to spend my spare time researching how best to cheat and not get caught. As soon as I was double vaxxed, I signed up for Ashley Madison. I talked to a few men. It was the first time I had spoken to a man outside of my marriage with the intention to hook up. I panicked. I wasn't quite ready. So I deleted my account after a week. Fast forward a week. It was Mother's Day. My husband did not buy me a gift, flowers, or a card from our small child to give me. I was forgotten as usual. I voiced my displeasure and he said he could make it up to me by making out. He told me I was acting immature. We ended up fighting and I just told him I'd just find someone else to fuck me. He said, yeah, right. So I signed back up for Ashley Madison as soon as our child was in bed. Again, I spoke to a few men. My first meeting was a bust. I got ghosted. I messaged another guy as soon as I got home, and he asked me to meet him in an hour. I told my husband I had to run to Target, met this man, got into his truck, made out, and gave him a blowjob. It was hot. It was nerve-wracking. This first truck guy was very respectful and checked in with me asking if it was okay to touch my neck, my breasts, my leg. He asked if I was okay and comfortable. I appreciated that. I was very wet and very turned on. From there, it became easier and easier. The excuses, quick runs to the grocery store, coffee with a friend, lunch with coworkers, a pedicure appointment, a meeting at the office, networking event, happy hour for work, dinner with the girls, mom's group, book club, looking for shoes for work, shopping, continuing education, a seminar, and so on. I met countless men for a drink or coffee, had a conversation, kissed, made out, got a finger bang, gave a blowjob. Making out in the car was my drug. I wasn't quite ready to pull the trigger to fully cheat, but for three months, I was like a horny teenager. I met countless men from Ashley Madison, Tinder, Bumble, and OkCupid. I didn't feel guilty at all. I was happier. I was more productive at work. 
I got a promotion which required travel. Jackpot! Hotels out of town. Five months after I started cheating, I went on a business trip and met two men while there. I brought them both back to my hotel, separately on different days, though I would consider a male-female-male threesome. From there, the floodgates had opened. In a short period of time, three months or so, I went from sleeping with two men outside of my marriage to 15. Many of these men I've met several times. Some are single, some are separated, some are married. They range from 12 years younger than me to nine years older than me. I meet some during the day and some at night, but rarely on a weekend. That time is for my child. My husband has zero suspicions. For me, it's purely about sex. I don't get attached emotionally. I get my emotional satisfaction from my friendships and my child. I need human touch. I don't intend on stopping. My BFFs know. They encouraged me to cheat because they knew how miserable I was. So, why not get a divorce? I've tried. My husband has told me no. If I file for separation and he refuses to leave, then I'd have to leave. I'm not leaving my child. I'm not leaving my house. I've asked for an open marriage and was told that was gross and to stop acting like a slut. We make a good living. We have a nice house. So, if I can continue to cheat with no repercussions, I plan to. I have a meeting tomorrow with one of my regular partners. It will be a good day. Not feeling guilty, Tracy. I do appreciate the candor here. She's being straightforward and honest about the things that she is missing and what she needs. I am so glad that she submitted this follow-up as to what's been going on and uh, where she is standing right now with her relationship with her husband and with her affairs. So let's go ahead and finish up today's story with Tracy's update. Here is my update. Because I now travel for work, I have a lot of availability to meet men. I have been dating off and on while visiting other cities. My count is now up to 24 and most likely 25 after tonight while out of town. That is how many men I've slept with within the last 12 months. It does not include the dozens I've made out with or given head to. I've done some pretty slutty things over the past year. Had a sex slave. Had a threesome. Fucked two guys on the same night, separately, etc. And although the sex is what led me here, I missed the fun and excitement of dating. I missed getting to know someone. I missed the first kisses. I missed being pressed up against a wall and kissed deeply by someone who can't wait to rip your clothes off. I saw the same guy in another city from February to June. We had a really good thing going. We learned each other's likes, dislikes, preferences, and really got to know one another on a deeper level. That made the sex more fulfilling. We looked forward to seeing one another. 
When we first got together, he was newly separated and looking for something more short-term to make up for his unfulfilling marriage. Over time, he decided he wanted something more and something long-term. I was not the right solution for that. So we stopped seeing each other in June, and I have tried to find a viable replacement, but instead have had a lot of unfulfilling tryouts. I did find someone locally that I got along with very well, but our schedules never seemed to line up correctly. So we rarely got to see one another. I have decided that after my many adventures that I deserve more out of life. So the ultimatum that I gave my husband in January will come to fruition this year. I gave him one year to fix five things. Six month mark. How are you doing with your list of things I asked you to fix in January? Anger management classes, therapy for you and our son to rebuild trust, more present with parenting, more affectionate and intimacy, a better teammate helper around the house. Eight months into the year, he has fixed nothing. I won't have any guilt filing for separation in January. And traveling over the past year has taught me that I can be away from my child for a few days at a time. That was one of my concerns with getting separated. I did not want to miss out on my child's life. I've actually found that being away from my son has made me a better mother. We enjoy the times we have together much more. We make the most out of every moment, and mommy is a better mommy when her needs are getting filled. I recently told my mom and dad separately about my plans to get separated and a divorce. They were both very supportive and told me that they only want what's best for me and makes me happy. I believe a divorce will make me happy. I deserve somebody that loves me wholeheartedly. I deserve somebody that treats me and my son with the utmost respect, care, and love. I deserve so much more than what I've been given from my current spouse. I don't think I'll be blindsiding him since I gave him an ultimatum in January, but knowing him, he will see it as new information. I'm sure his reaction will not be good. And my only hope is that we will come to amicable terms and find a mediator that will not try to screw either of us over. I deserve to be me again. I'd most likely be in an ethically non-monogamous relationship in the future. I'm much more adventurous than I was in the past. Tracy, just like your parents, I want whatever makes you happy. And I'd love to be able to see you in a situation where you don't have to betray your spouse, be in an open relationship if that's what you want, be able to start over and plan and do the things that you feel is best for you since you've learned so much more about yourself and how, you know, you feel you can be in relationships and what it is you need. If this is making sense, I could be talking in circles. I do have to wonder, though, with your husband, honestly, if he is low on testosterone. And there'll be, I have a, a follower, and I'm sure he's listening on Patreon, and he talks about that testosterone level and how that affected him, that how that affects men, and it, it affects the Marine. If he gets low on testosterone, 
You know, it's like, dude, who are you? And then when he stays and he's continuously on it, he's like a teenager himself. And so I get kind of confused, like, wait, who are you? You remind me of who you were when I first met you. And he'll say, well, yeah, I was working out more and I was, you know, taking testosterone and I was doing this and that. And then when they don't, those levels drop and they become blobs on a couch. It almost like it affects a depression or something like that. So, you know, maybe if your husband was to see a doctor and look at those hormonal levels within himself, maybe that could help. I'm not sure if that's something that you would want to explore or not with him, just because it sounds like to me you're ready to move forward. But that was just kind of my thought. And, uh, you know, we just like I said, just want the best for you. I want you to be happy. And I want to thank you, Tracy, for sending this in. I appreciate that you said what you needed to say, even though it was brief, it was to the point. And, you know, I felt like I was having a conversation directly with you over coffee about exactly this, this, that, and that, like a business in a way. So thank you so much. Keep me posted. Let me know if your husband happens to step up before the uh, year is out and if you guys are going to try and move forward or if you're going to go ahead and just separate and move on with your life. Just definitely keep me posted and thank you again. So because this article was so very forward about not feeling guilty, I wanted to share with you an article about that. Again, you know, I mean, I always read these articles. These are one person's thoughts or idealisms for what they think the situations represent. Some of them are, you know, bloggers, some of them are psychologists, uh, therapists, etc., but it just gives us something to think about. So I'm going to go ahead and share this article with you. The link will be on my episode notes if you want to read through it yourself. And it's from the website marriage.com. And it's called 20 Reasons Why a Cheating Person Shows No Remorse. So it's not female cheating. It's just in general about perhaps why these people are. It was written by Sylvia Smith, an expert blogger. And it was released or updated rather on uh, June 14th of 2022. So in this article, it says, what does it mean when a person shows no remorse? The difference between remorse and guilt after cheating. 20 unbelievable reasons why a cheating person shows no remorse. Does a cheater ever feel remorse about their actions and then a takeaway? If you have ever had an unfaithful partner, you expect them to feel guilt about their infidelity. Your reaction to the situation may depend upon whether they express remorse for the pain they've caused. Remorse lets you know that they realize their mistake. A lack of remorse might make you question their feelings for you and the future of your relationship. There are many reasons why a cheating person shows no remorse. Keep reading to learn some possible explanation. What does it mean when a person shows no remorse? Any time a person shows no remorse, it conveys that they do not feel sorry for their actions or the upheaval they have caused in your life. For example, if an individual says something rude about you and doesn't apologize or feel sorry that they hurt your feelings, this likely means they have no remorse for how they spoke to you. Lack of remorse after an affair could be because they just don't feel guilty or bad about what they did or how they behaved. 
Additionally, they may not know how to show remorse after cheating. The difference between remorse and guilt after cheating. When you think about why a cheating person shows no remorse, there's a chance they may not feel remorse or guilt. However, they may experience one or both. When someone feels guilt, they might feel bad about their actions and the pain they have caused to another person. The word has legal implications and can lead to self-destructive behavior on a part of that guilty person. On the other hand, when a person feels remorseful, they are usually fully aware of consequences of their actions and willing to put effort in to make things right again. They usually fully understand the damage that they've caused and they want to make amends. 20 Unbelievable Reasons Why a Cheating Person Shows No Remorse If you are with a partner who has cheated on you yet displays no remorse, you might find it difficult to understand them and their motives. By understanding the reason behind their behavior, you can make a more informed decision about your future. Here's a look at why a cheating person shows no remorse. Number one, they don't think it's wrong. When a cheating spouse shows no remorse, one thing to consider is that they may not think what they did was wrong. When a person cheats, depending on the circumstances, they may not think they have crossed any boundaries. Number two, they don't think they are cheating. Another reason why cheaters don't admit feeling bad for how they acted is that they don't feel like they were cheating. Perhaps a person goes out to lunch with someone from work and talks to them on the phone often. You may feel that this isn't appropriate, but your partner might not feel the same way. Number three, they want to end the relationship. It is possible that your mate is cheating on you and doesn't feel bad about it because they wanted to end the relationship anyway. They may have thought you would break up after they betrayed your trust so they could move on with another person. Number four, they don't love you anymore. For some cheaters, there may be an unapologetic because they don't love you anymore or they never did. Lack of love could play into the mindset of a cheating man or woman where they won't feel any remorse for what they've done. This may be one of the top reasons why a cheating person shows no remorse according to the research that has been conducted. Number five, they don't care about you. Moreover, a mate might not care about you at all. They are unlikely to have remorse if they aren't concerned about how you will feel after they disrespect you by going outside of your relationship. Number six, they feel guilty but are hiding it. Your partner may feel guilty about cheating, but they don't want you to know exactly how they feel. This could lead to signs of remorse after infidelity, which includes watching what they say and do around you and trying to consider your feelings. Number seven, they are enjoying themselves. A person who cheats may be enjoying the affair. They are having so much that they have no negative feelings about what they are up to. This is why a cheating person shows no remorse that may not be obvious. Number eight, they're mad at you. Has your spouse acted like they are mad at you recently? They may have decided to start seeing someone else because of it. They might feel like it was easier to cheat than to fix the issue that you were having with each other. Number nine, they think you will let it go. Sometimes an unfaithful person will think that you will always forgive them no matter what they do. This could cause them to pursue other relationships even when in a relationship with you. Number 10, they think they're entitled to. 
If you have noticed that your cheating partner usually has wandering eyes, this may mean that they think it's okay for them to cheat on you. Some individuals believe that they can sleep with whomever they want, whether they are in a relationship or not. Number 11, they have cheated before. Many people that cheat on one partner will end up doing it again. If you have a partner that you know has cheated in the past relationships, they may cheat on you as well. Studies show that this is the case for some. If you want to know, do serial cheaters feel remorse? The answer is probably no. They can at times, but they might not. Number 12, they don't own up to what they are doing. Sometimes a cheater will not own up to feeling remorse because they won't admit to what they are doing or have done. They might deny involvement with another person, even if you confront them or find proof. Number 13, they will not talk about it. Besides not admitting any fault, a cheater may wish to stay silent on the matter entirely. When a partner is unrepentant about cheating, it could mean that they don't want anything to do with you anymore. They aren't worried about your relationship or how to show remorse. Number 14, they blame you. In certain situations, a person may not have cheater's remorse because they blame you for their actions. Research suggests that a spouse may have a more extended affair if they use their mate as an excuse for how they are feeling and acting. Number 15, they may need mental health support. A person cheating may have a mental condition that causes them to believe they should have everything they want and need, including multiple partners. For instance, someone may have narcissistic traits or a behavior disorder that a therapist must address. Number 16, they think it is for the best. When you are cheated on, your mate may feel like this is the best thing for the relationship. They may not have wanted to say anything before or they might feel like it was something that was meant to happen. Number 17, you cheated first. If you cheated first in your relationship, your partner will likely not feel remorse if they choose to cheat on you. However, this doesn't make their behavior okay and should still be considered disrespectful, especially if you tried your best to make amends after your infidelity. Number 18, they are ashamed of themselves. When you need to know if cheaters feel remorse, it is possible they do, but don't know what to say or do about it. This may lead to them being ashamed of themselves, but not expressing this in any way. Inability to express their guilt could make them seem like they don't feel bad about what happened. Number 19, they don't think they hurt you. Another issue to consider on why a cheating person shows no remorse is that they may not think what they did hurt you. In other words, they might have been unaware of how serious the relationship was or that you weren't dating other people. And number 20, they are daring you to say something. Your mate could be daring you to do or say something about their behavior. Anytime a person isn't expressing remorse, they may feel like they can get you to act out too. If you act out, your cheating partner may feel like they had a better reason for stepping out of the relationship. Does a cheater ever feel remorse about their actions? Sometimes a cheater will feel remorse, but other times they will not. If your husband shows no remorse after cheating, this could be because of one of the reasons listed above. Depending on how much they are willing to share with you, you may never know the reason. 
Additionally, there may be different stages of guilt after cheating. A person may feel very guilty at first and less guilty as time passes or once you start talking about events. And then here they have a video that you can watch uh, from relationship coach Melody Oseguera. She explains how someone feels after cheating on their spouse. So if you click on the link in the episode notes, you, it'll take you to the um, to this article and then you can click to watch that on YouTube. Takeaway. There are a host of reasons why a cheating person shows no remorse, and the ones listed above may give you some indication of what to expect if you're ever in a similar situation. Moreover, if you ask yourself, quote, do cheaters feel guilty, end quote, consider why they may not before you become upset with your partner after they have been unfaithful. If you are in a relationship where there have been some indiscretions, you may want to work with a therapist so you can decide what steps you would like to take for help processing your emotions. They may be able to explain further why a cheating person shows no remorse. So, I found the article okay. You know, I wanted to talk about guilt and remorse. Um, I felt that she basically just repeated a few of the things and changed the words around. Um, but I see what, you know, I, I can't honestly say in this article that she really, really gave really, really good advice. But there were some things in there that I recognized from infidelity recovery. Um, the exit affair, there was a good example of that there where they want to end the relationship. They don't know how to end the relationship. So then they cheat so that they can get out of the marriage or the relationship because the other person is hurt rather than just saying, hey, I'm not happy. And I know it's always easier said than done, right? But I think a lot of the people who do listen to my show and have experienced infidelity, the females, like myself, I did feel remorse and guilt. And as, oh my gosh, who was it? Was it Beyonce that sang it? Something about, do you feel, are you sorry for what you did or sorry for getting caught? You know, I can't remember what song that was, but... I think it was Beyonce, but um, yeah, so there's, everybody has a different personality. There are different types of affairs, you know, yes, some are sex addicts and believe it or not, the sex addicts feel guilty, but they don't know how to stop. And that does, you know, require some therapy because there's something else going on there. But uh, some of these things, you know, that I did get from this article, good. Other things, eh, but it's there if you would like to read it. Thank you so much for being here today. In one week, I will be back with our next Let's Ponder episode, and it is the one about being stalked. I've got some great short stories to share. Thank you for listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. There, you will find story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon, and an opportunity to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story, share feedback about the show, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com or mail to Rebecca Adams, P.O. Box 821064, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. 
Each story is taken into careful consideration, read without judgment, and always anonymous. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is written, produced, and edited by me, Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Be kind to one another, be kind to yourself, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye.